Welcome to the Just Write Show, where you'll explore the world of the written word, from books to blogs, sales copy to screenplays, emails to essays, and everything in between. You'll discover the tips, tricks, and tactics the most successful writers in the world use every day. And now, here's your host, Travis Cody. Welcome to another episode of the Just Write Show. This is Travis Cody, and joining me today is Robin Kellogg. Robin has been writing for over 40 years. She started her company, Robin Kellogg Associates, in 2000 to help small businesses market themselves more effectively. Robin also helps anyone who wants to write a book. She sits on the chair of the board of the North Valley Regional Chamber of Commerce and is involved in her greater community. Along with that, she also sits on the board of JNET, which is a Jewish business networking group. Robin, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. I'm excited. The thing that's fascinating about you and your background is that on the show here, we obviously talk to a lot of different writers about their process. And, and up until this point, for the most part, it's just been individual writers kind of doing their own thing. You're a writer, you have a company writer, but you also manage a team of writers as well, correct? Well, what I do is because I, I'm in the business alone is that I work with other writers. So when I need them for certain projects, I bring them in. All right. So, so you're, you're a writer manager that's got uh, some talented people going on. So, so let's talk a little bit about your journey. How, how do you go getting started in 2000? That's obviously the internet is still, some people were still suspects. This internet thing is just right, the, right. As, Bill, as Bill Gates uh, right. was famous for saying in 2000. Right. You got started with writing specifically for small businesses. So how can you take us through that journey of, of that at the um, around that time in the early 2000s, I had um, I had left a job that I was with for uh, 14 years, and it was working on some periodicals for a small small um, for a small magazine publisher in California. And I went to my first corporate job, and, uh, and I kept doing and I. The people who I worked for at the small magazine um, kept calling me, asking me to publish the magazine. And I said, look, guys, I'm not a publisher. So they actually gave me a loan to start the company. So that's how the company actually started. I published their newsletters and other periodicals. I did that for about three and a half, four years. And then um, in the meantime, I was taking on other jobs while I was at this corporate job. And the corporate job was at a... um, a credit card service, and I was writing for the sales agents and the employees. And the one thing I noticed after talking to the sales agents was that, you know, when you had a small business, you had to wear like a hundred hats. Yeah. That and I, I could only imagine what it was like for them to try to do everything, including their marketing. So then I decided to try to gear it toward them because they would be an easier group to attract for business initially from my end. And um, from their end, you know, I felt I could really help them with their marketing. So that's kind of how it, it started. And then when I left that company, I, I went full, I really went full time with it in, in 2006, you know, 2005. Um, but I had started the company back in 2000 for, you know, to, to um, 
you, so you were a writer turned accidental. Yeah, I turned accidental publisher because I worked for a publisher and he he retired and they said, why can't you take over? And I go, because that takes a lot of money because you know I, I had to like prepay the printer and all of this stuff and and it, it wasn't electronic at that point and I I said I just don't have the capital for that right now, you know. And and they said, don't worry, we'll we'll give you a loan, we'll pay us back, it'll all be okay. And wow, the actual writing for these periodicals, were you also doing a lot of the writing, or were you? Did you primarily? Oh yeah, I was the only I was the only editor and writer there. So they were periodicals um, for the oil and gas industry, which I guess isn't very popular (laughs) to uh, say. But that seems very technical to me. Yeah, so I would um, I would interview uh, company presidents. I I talked to people. Yeah, we talked. You know, we talked about um, any kind of energy. So I went out to the desert to see when they 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 put up that um, those panels back in the in the late nineteen nineties or the mid nineteen nineties, and I I yeah you know, I talked to people about their turbines and. <laughs> Wow. It was it, it, it was very technical. Luckily, the publisher was also an engineer, so wherever I flubbed up, he was able to cover it for so me. You were the sole writer. You wrote all the articles for the the magazine. I wrote all the articles. He he wrote a couple of them, but I wrote most of the articles. Some of the articles were actually from um, papers that people had submitted to conferences, and we asked their permission to use them, and then we edited it down. So that could be used in the magazine. Some of the magazines that was we did a, were for association. A, was this a monthly periodical, a quarterly? Uh, that was a quarterly periodical. It ran between 90 and 120 pages in a standard size magazine. 100 pages every three months. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. So let's talk. So. Let's talk about that that process alone because that's a so basically you're responsible for writing and or editing thirty pages of, of content per month, and and that's well, outside just remember, of the it also had advertising. I'm sorry, it had advertising in it too, so it wasn't all me, but yeah, it was a lot. And, okay, and you also that this is outside of obviously the sales calls to the advertisers and the research that you had to do with that. Right. Well, the publisher traveling. (laughs) The publisher originally did mostly in California. I traveled a a couple of times outside of the state, but the publisher did most of the sales for that. It wasn't until I took it over that I was really doing everything for the newsletters. Um, I I was getting the advertising. I was making changes to the ads. I was creating ads for companies. I was. Uh, doing, you know, and, and I'm not, a, you know, I, I knew how to use PageMaker back then. So I, I, I'm really self-trained when it comes to any kind of graphic art. <laughs> I never tell people I know what I'm doing, but I seem to manage a little. So, so um, kind of, this reminds me of, so when I was a teenager, my grandfather, he was a writer um, and he did a lot of article writing in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And uh, in the 90s, he actually started his own newspaper called the prospector and it was specifically for um like mineral miners so my, my grandfather held, right. held i don't know like 50 or 60 claims on 
mines for the mineral rights, uh, silver and gold wow. and, and all these different crystals. Right. Anyway, the reason I bring that up is because I remember as a teenager going into this sort of big, uh, I guess office is what you'd call it, but it was this printing space. And, and, and he, he did everything where you would have to uh, print it out, type, type it out on, on typewriter. And then he would be out there with scissors cutting all the print right. and he would have to like paste it onto the the paperboard yeah. that then then went to the printer to get printed so it sounds like and well, he, that, said that he did he did all of it he did and i just remember going in yeah. there and watching him for hours it had a first, yeah it, it first went to the typesetter yeah. then they said galley's back then you had to read the galleys <laughs> yeah. that's when, when i started when i started out at, um, at my job in california so i came out here in 87 and I got this job a few months later and um, he was still using, he still had me using carbon paper <laughs> to make copies of everything on the typewriter. Um, I, I had to talk him into giving me, um, to paying for sessions with PageMaker because that had just come out and it was the newest, biggest thing. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I cut things up and I pasted them with tape and I, you know, I did boards for the graphic artists so that they could go and do the real board. <laughs> That's crazy. So how, yeah, it's so, how did you it's so different all, now. Like, so uh, when it comes down to it, how did you actually manage all of that? Like, did you have a process where certain days were certain things or was, was it very much fly by the seat of your pants and hope you got it done in time? At that point, it was fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> a process would have been really helpful back then, but no, I didn't really have one. I would I would work all day, and then I'd come home, and at night and on weekends, I'd work on my my other stuff, you know, that I had for my business. And um, it it seemed to you know it it all got done. I was always um, frazzled, but it all got done. Hmm. So. How did you then make the trans the lateral transfer into marketing and more specifically? So we've I can see where your marketing comes into play. You've got this magazine and there's a lot of ads and you're doing all that and you and so you've got right. your eyes and your hands dirty in that. But today you, you you not only do that, but you also do books. So when you transferred from when you I guess transfer transitioned from doing the paper into the marketing where did you start did you have a a focus was it working on website copy was it working on brochures was it working on press releases or yeah back then it was mostly uh brochures and website copy started to really come in heavily yeah so then at what point did you start working with authors and and helping authors okay. publish their books because to me Okay, so that that, that happens to a book. See that that to me seems like yeah. a completely different part use of your. It book. is. It's it, it's a different thing, and and so um, usually people, you know, the people who know me through networking know me because of my copywriting. But in in two thousand and five, my son had like brain, he, he he had brain surgery. And um, we just, you know, things that followed that were really crazy. And so by 2013, I was talking to some friends and I said, gee, you know, I want to write a book for other parents. Cause I, I said, you know, you go to all these different doctors and nobody really tells you what the next step is. And you feel like you're going through this dark tunnel and you don't know what the light is, you know? So I said, I want to write a book telling his story, but I want to do it in a way that other parents will see themselves. 
So some of my other friends said to me, well, we want to write books too. So we got things together and I started to run a writer's group and we, um, we, we, we got together once a month and we read each other's material because I find that when you read somebody else's material, you know, when you write something and you read it to yourself, it sounds fine. <laughs> when, when you write it and you have somebody else read it, you really get a, 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 a truer look at what a reader would go through. So are they going to stumble over a certain section? Are they going to not understand something? You, you know, do you need to fill in information? So I help, I help writers develop their books and then, you know, I, 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 I pass them on to editors or whatever. Um, but I like developing stories because that's what I do in my writing. So it, it, it does kind of mesh in a little, it's just a kind of not a direct line. So if we were to, so let's say that I came to you and said, I got this idea for a book about, um, I'm just going to make something, uh, you know, I'm not even going to, this is something that's actually been on my mind. So when I was um, in high school, uh, a senior, our track team, there was seven members on our boys track team, and we were competing against track teams of 45 and 50, a full track team back then was about 45 to 50 uh, kids. Um, our school is so okay. small well, there was only seven of us. <laughs> um, and we ended up winning our state championship that year. Some, some like crazy weird thing. And I always thought that would be a fun book to tell was about the, and, and, and in the history of our high school, the 150 years it's been around, we're the, we're the only class that ever won that. So if I was to come right. to you and say, okay, I got this book, wh where, where do we start? What's your, what process would you take okay, so to, to, to go through this cool I idea in my head? Right. I would first have a conversation with you and ask you a whole bunch of questions on um, why you're writing the book, where, you know, how you see the story going, where, you know, the audience you want to hit with the book. And then I would send you on to an online bookstore like Amazon. And I'd have you research that category and look to see what else is there and maybe to find a little niche that somebody hasn't filled yet. And then when we got back together, we would really start to, I would ask you to start to do an outline and not a typical outline. You, you, there's a lot of ways you can do it, but I would ask you to start to think of things, either themes or um, stories or um, even chapter titles that you might want in your book. Okay. Because I think knowing all those things helps you. And so then we would start to go through the process of, of actually talking. Um, there, there's a graph that you can do on character development, and there's something else that you can do on story development. So there's all these different things that I have that can help people develop the story. Hmm. So how many, how, do, do you have anybody that sort of pushes back to you on that? Because your process is before we write anything, we've got to, we've got to get in here and do some research. And I think a lot of people yeah. like you and be like, I just want to start writing. Just tell me what to write. Well, then they want a ghostwriter. Uh, and I know ghostwriters and I've done that. What are you talking about? Oh, right. <laughs> so, you know, I, <laughs> I, I even, I, I have a friend whose husband came to me a few years ago and, and I gave him a, what I thought was a simple homework assignment and, and I spoke to him last year and he goes, I'm still working on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, okay. 
Um, I'm excited though, because one of the um, people in my group who I've been working with for a few years now uh, wrote a story about um, growing up in Northern California in the 50s and 60s. Mm. And um, it's, it's going to be published. So I'm very excited about that. And um, she was just showing us the book cover and a whole bunch of things. So um, I, can't, I can't wait till it comes out. Because I've heard the story for four years. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, so. you know, I always tell everyone, my, my first book took me two years to write after I thought about it for 10. <laughs> right. Oh, no. Yeah, I think people think, oh, I'm going to write a book. And then, you know, they do it right away. And um, it's not as easy as people think it is. Uh, it, no, it, it certainly isn't. So what part of your business today and the writing do you enjoy the most? Is it working with authors or is it the marketing or is it a, is it a mix of, of or, or is it all the same to you? Um, it, it's a mix. I do more of the marketing, so I really enjoy doing that. But um, at, as I said, the common theme that runs through it is that you know, I, I enjoy developing the story and, and helping people. And I can do both those things, whether it's in marketing, copywriting, or it's in a book group, helping somebody develop their book story. So, um, you know, a lot of people are starting, are, uh, the past few years have, have done books um, about their business or their career. And they, they, they've been using it as, as a calling card instead of a business card. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can target your book. And I'm sure you know that because you've done this, so. Yeah, but this goes through, but you also work in the marketing world where for you, the book is just a piece of what you do and you've got all these other things in the back. So obviously you work right. with, you're, you're heavily involved in your community in the Chamber of Commerce. So you are you know, boots on the ground seeing how local businesses are, are impacted by this. So. Right. So do you have any stories or experiences with working with, a, a, you know, a brick and mortar or a service based business where you've done marketing with a book and combined the two to get some good results? Actually, I would love to say I do, but I don't. Hmm. Okay. Um, so had, had, do you have any of your service based or brick and mortar people in the in the Chamber of Commerce come to you for books or is it primarily more on the marketing side? Well, it's. Primarily for marketing, I've I've spoken to some of them about books, but they haven't really pulled the trigger yet. So yeah. um, I think they they want to do it until they hear that it's going to um, it's going to be work for them, and then they don't want to do it. And I can do <laughs> the ghostwriting for them, but then it's more money. You know, it's it's always one or the other. You're always you know the cost goes up if I'm doing more work, and so. That's always the, you know, the game there. So, mm. no, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because I've had a lot of clients that come to work with me after they've hired a ghostwriter because it's very, uh, I, it's interesting to see the mindset that certain entrepreneurs have where they're like, hey, I, one, I want a ghostwriter, but I want to, I don't want to pay a ghostwriter's fee. I want to, you know, they, they think, oh, I can pay somebody. $10,000 and have a, them do a completely done for me book. And by the way, uh, this is something I want to submit for a Pulitzer prize. And, and, and that's right. $10,000. You're going to make me a Pulitzer prize winning uh, author. So I, right, I right, right. people that go and hire a ghostwriter and they end up coming to me. Cause they're like, well, now how do I fix 
fix this thing that didn't turn out the way that I thought it would. And I'm like, right, oh, well, right. What, what are you expecting if, when you're having somebody else do the work? It's not your story. Right. Like how they're not going to get, they're going to get your voice. So. That's right. Absolutely. So in these days, what are, with, with your work with the Chambers of Commerce, how are you helping your local businesses, especially with what you do in your business? Well, we've really been trying to curate a lot more workshops and seminars online. We've been holding our monthly breakfast and lunch. We've been, um, we've been sending out free e-blasts for our member businesses and for some non-member businesses. Um, we've, we've opened our arms to people and just told them if they're a business and they need something to call us, whether or not they're a member, mm. because we, we know that people are really suffering right now. Yeah. Small business is not going to come out of this hole and we want to be there. We want them to remember us as the chamber that was there for them when times were tough. So, so we've been trying to do whatever what we can. The, to... What have been some of the issues that, that you've seen working with the chambers now, you know, especially uh, as we're recording this, we're, we're on the, the latter part of the 2020. Uh, some places are open. You're in California and California is still on a pretty strict lockdown. So how, right. how, are, how, how are you working with businesses to sort of cope with this new environment right now? It's difficult, you know, I, I have conversations with people explaining that because when this first happened, I had several clients who stopped marketing and I understand the fear that comes into when you're, when the amount of cash coming into your business slows down. And so there is a reaction to stop marketing because people think that's the part that doesn't matter, right. but really that's the part that does matter because you may have a product, but if you want to sell that product, you have to find a way to tell people about it and that's marketing. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I talk to people on why it's important to keep um, tweaking the copy on their website to, to put up social media posts to, um, to, to, to put out even tips of the day so that they can always stay in touch with their customers to write a blog. Um, these are all things that I can help people with, but if they, you know, a lot of times they just want ideas of what to do. So this is what I tell them. Mm. Wow. So have you, what are some of the, the, I guess, stories, if you have them of businesses you've seen handling this, this period and transition correctly versus ones that seem to have be, be, be struggling? Is it, is it a matter of things they're doing? Is it a matter of mindset? Is it, that making sense? I think it's a matter of what, yeah, I think it is more mindset. I think that most businesses, I, like I have several friends who are estheticians and, and they were opened and then they shut down and now they were just allowed to open again. Uh, it's and it's, 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 it's hard because one of my friends, you know, is she, she rents out this huge suite to other people. And so it's hard to kind of be the landlord and be the business person and, and try to figure all that out. You know, you can't make money. So how are you going to pay money to keep everything else going all the way around you? Right. So, you know, and, and I've also noticed that there seem to be more, I, I don't know if you have it out in Vegas, but we have, 
we have a lot of people who try to um, who, who go around to small businesses, especially you know storefronts and brick and mortars, and um, they tag them for eight for for not being compliant with the American with Disabilities Act. Oh yeah, no, that's the and that usually means you don't have the parking space correctly, or you don't have a bar in your facilities. California's and, the and worst. I'm saying, I, yeah, the worst. Yeah, and, and so you know, and it, it costs people thousands of dollars to get out of these things. So I I, I see that's been happening more. Um, I have a friend who's a computer so, tech. So are they going around that, now and tagging them for not being compliant with like COVID stuff? I haven't heard that yet. I have heard just about the ADA. I haven't heard anything about COVID, but I suppose they could add that to the list. I, I know on, on our door, we have all these little signs, you know, no entry without a mask. Yeah, when I lived in, uh, in LA, I had a friend who was a real estate investor and he was talking to me about, it was the late 90s, early 2000s. They, they passed this bill, Prop 65, Oh, and you got to put a sign on that says, oh, this, this product or this thing, this location has chemicals known to the state of California to cause cancer. And right. It was a list of like all these, so basically, if you have um, nail polish you, right. in, in your apartment, you technically have a chemical that's known to cause cancer. And then what ended up happening was as soon as that bill passed, most people didn't know about it. But then you, you had these law firms that just hired these guys to go down the streets. And anytime there was a uh, multi-unit apartment, they, they would put a notice on their thing. And they essentially were saying that they're going to sue them. And of course, the, the law firm would say, well, if you want to pay us $50,000, we can help you be compliant. Otherwise, you're probably going to get sued by all these right. things. And take it. It's, like, yeah. it's, it's extortion at the highest matter. Now, the, not to get off on a tangent, but since I'm talking about it and this stuff really riles me up, the, 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 <laughs> the, the gist in all of this story was at the end of the day, the, the senator in California who sponsored that bill was a partner in one of the largest law firms in California. And guess which law firm oh, was no. doing the shakedown of everyone? Oh God. I know. It's like that's the crazy that's thing. So the fact that we're we're in the pandemic and now we have someone going around with like, oh hey, we're gonna hit you with the aid, the, the American disabilities at what, what do you mean? Yeah, it, it disabilities should... aren't going outside right now because no one can go anywhere. <laughs> well, but now you are, you also have it online, not to get off on a tangent, but you have it online, you know, that your website is supposed to be ADA compliant. That's insane. How, how so that, that means like, that if how somebody, does that even, how does that even work? Well, because if somebody can't see well, then um, the website has to be able to have audio on it, you know, closed caption or audio that that you know can speak it to them, can can say you know have a voice say it to them. So it'll describe the photographs because you always put descriptions behind the photographs, and it'll do all these different things. I'm not sure of all the ins and outs, but that's the basic. Uh, concept hmm. wow well i i suppose in the next couple of years we're going to start having the uh the online extortion squad going to every website <laughs> and saying hey that's crazy that's craziness well so if somebody mm -hmm. wants to work with you in a marketing standpoint or also that, let's talk, how, where do they go and if somebody wanted to to work with you in taking their story and turning it into a book where would they go to, to find more information about each of those? Okay, so um, the easiest thing for them to do 
is to contact me through my email address, robin at youryouarewritingresource.com. So that's youryouarewritingresource.com is your main website. Yeah, that's okay. the easiest way to do it. Um, I do have a website for the books, but it needs to be updated. So I prefer not to send people there right now. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, Robin, this has been fantastic. I'm glad we got to talk about uh, writing and process and transition and as well as talk about how this is all of this is tying into everything that's going on in today's world. Thank you so much for being. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Travis Cody. Thanks for listening to the Just Right Show. And I want to make sure you're plugged into everything we've got going on. Go to TravisCody.com forward slash show and join the email list so you can get notified when new episodes come out. Plus, you can find links to the transcripts of every episode we've done in the past. You can also grab a free copy of my best-selling books that share even more details on how you can up-level your own writing skills. Finally, if you enjoyed the show, I'd consider it a personal favor if you'll leave me a review on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.